welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 217, I think. My name's Colin Mahern, and with me this week, back once again like the renegade master, all the way from Rosero Network's Xbox Achievements and PlayStation Trophies, it's Richard Walker. Hello, Rich. Hello, Colin. Rich, it's a delight <laughs> to be here in your presence. Oh, thanks, mate. Always. Of course. You are just a glimmer of hope in this dark, dark cloud <laughs> that is life. I don't want to be that guy, Cullen, but I think... Wasn't 217 the last one? L- fuck off, Rich. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. But it, see, I'm, I'm all flustered because, as well as your presence, which is great and always appreciated, we do indeed have the beautiful, glowing, clever, intelligent, (laughs) smart, gorgeous, other words that basically mean kind of the same thing. Back from our travels from Los Angeles, it's the one and only Ms. Alice Bell. Hello, Alice. Hello, Colin. Alice, I'm so happy you're home. Oh, me too. I was was like a lost puppy here last week. I know. I gave him such a big hug and a key ring. You did give me a key (laughs) ring, yes. A key ring. uh, Which isn't here currently, but... It is a guitar yeah. with the word Hollywood on it. Nice. Yeah. It's also yeah, like a bottle it. opener. Oh, see, that's good. Because I thought <laughs> yeah. he likes guitars and he likes <laughs> opening <laughs> bottles. <so>. Likes <laughs> drink. It's perfect. <laughs> but you, I suppose you've come back to weather that you've now become accustomed to, Alice. Well, no, not really, because in... Well, I guess, yes, I know in the, in LA they are accustomed to it and therefore their buildings are sensibly designed for hot weather and they have good air conditioning uh, here. That is not the case. Every door in this office is a fire door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The air does not move around this building. No, it does not. It's very hot. Yeah. We borrowed an air conditioner from someone else and they took <laughs> it back today. So, <laughs> we, we did. so it's just hot. We tried to haggle with them to hang on to us for a, a little while longer, but we did get a fan. Yeah, they let us have a fan. So we've got yeah, yeah, and we can't have any of that yeah. because we're recording. Yeah, no, it's true. But yeah, all the windows are shut. Like LA was very hot. I think about the same temperature as this, but I was also inside was almost it, the entire time. Wasn't so. it hotter here yesterday I think than it LA? Was. Mm. Yeah, I think it Probably. was. Probably. I think I looked at my phone the other day and it was 28 here and 21 in Los Angeles. Fucking hell. I was like, ugh. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just hideous weather. I don't understand people who like this weather. Me, see, I, I like, see, I like this weather. Yeah. Like, when you're indoors, yeah, it's a ball ache because it's kind of muggy and yeah. close and just kind of sweaty and shitty. Whereas if you're outdoors and there's a bit of a breeze, although I'm saying that, yes, like yesterday was hot. Yeah. Because... Like, there was a little bit of a breeze there, but the breeze was, this was is it. This is it, though, if there's a breeze. that There isn't much of a breeze out there right now. <laughs> there's not that much difference be- between being in here and out there. It's true, and I much prefer when it rains. Me too. You had a go at me about yeah. this a few weeks ago because it was I'm, pissing I'm with down with, with rain, you. and I was like, oh, I'm so happy. I did, I did have a gorgeous. Right now, though, yeah, it's quite warm. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if we just kind of cool it a little bit. But lads, let's make it hot. <laughs> let's fucking turn up the temperature in Ooh. here. <laughs> it's time to talk about some news in video games because whilst last week we looked at what happened on the stages of E3, yeah, there were some things that happened off the stage. Rich, was there really? There was. I thought it just ended there. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> If only. Yeah. No, there was, and there was one story that kind of piqued my interest in particular. 
Okay. Because there was a lot of controversy surrounding a game that came out about 300 years ago, I believe. Right. What game is that? That game is Minecraft. I've not heard of it. What is it? Can you you tell me about it? It's basically Lego, but in computer game form. Wow. I know. It sounds like it could do well. (laughs) Doesn't it just? Well, if you're you're thinking about buying it, Rich, probably the best place to buy it would be on the Xbox One, the PC, or the Nintendo Switch. Why is that? Because on PlayStation, <laughs> <laughs> because on PlayStation Four, you yeah. can't play with your friends on the what? Nintendo Switch oh. or the Xbox One or the PC. What are they thinking? I know. So basically, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment Europe's boss man, uh, Jim Ryan, he was uh, he spoke to Eurogamer, yeah, um, about. The possibility of crossplay yeah. on the PlayStation 4, Minecraft on the PlayStation 4, because during Microsoft's press briefing, yeah. they showed off Minecraft. Now, at the time, it was like, whatever, it's getting a 4K update, who cares? But that wasn't the full story. It was all about mm. the crossplay. Because Ryan basically said that uh, they weren't going to have crossplay functionality in the PlayStation yeah. 4. Because they, first of all, he said we need to talk to our kind of bigwigs, the higher ups. He didn't come off well, did he? He didn't. Because no. then, in the same breath, he said, "Ah, well, you know, he, he but his exact words were, um, Sony has a responsibility to quote look after the the children that will be yeah. playing Minecraft, basically, in a quote PlayStation curated universe." Yeah. Now, Microsoft's Phil Spencer, he didn't take too kindly to that. No. And in an interview with Giant Bomb. He said, uh, quote, The fact that somebody would make an assertion that somehow we're not keeping Minecraft players safe, I found not only from a Microsoft perspective, but an industry perspective. I don't know why that has to become the dialogue. That doesn't seem healthy for anyone. We can always do better with anything we do. I find the whole discussion around safety with our game and that somehow we wouldn't take that as a top priority. And, qu- and frankly, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah, role-playing yeah. here. And frankly, through our parental controls on Xbox Live and everything else that we've done, Showing that that's incredibly important to us as a platform. That's a really good Phil Spencer. Thank impression. you very much. I've, I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been he has a distinct Cork accent. Yeah. I, I have been working on it. Um, and then obviously you have Rocket League, which yeah. was announced during Nintendo's yeah. Spotlight E3 thing, that also has crossplay, not coming to the PlayStation either. Same thing, yeah, yeah, same deal. I. Um, can I just say loved all of this going down because like you had before their conferences and that you had like Xbox and Sony tweeting little heart emojis at each other. Yeah, yeah, from, have a great like, show. Like have a great show, yeah, like yeah. love you guys and shit. And now like they're actual and everyone was like, Oh, it's so cute. Like and now <laughs> they're actual like businessmen are doing yeah. fucking like pro promo VT like wrestling style like an E3 2016 <laughs> like at each other it's fucking amazing the funny thing is on Xbox achievements and PlayStation trophies the division in comments was incredible um, everyone defending Sony's position on the PlayStation side and yeah obviously everyone on the Xbox side saying yeah yeah uh, Phil Spencer's right but I mean who is right well you you tell you, you tell me I think Sony should you know, give it a go at least, right? Yeah. Try it. And if it goes wrong, say it went wrong and we're no longer offering that anymore. Mm. You know? But like, one of the hang-ups are people perceived to be the hang-ups about the Minecraft deal specifically, because yeah. I'm not sure about Rocket League, but with Minecraft, you have to sign into Xbox Live. Right, yeah. So the theory is that 
PlayStation don't want people to be signing into Xbox Live okay. on their console. Right. Which is fair. You can see where they're coming from there. Yeah. Uh, but I do think taking that away from the equation, like the the optics of this for PlayStation, it just doesn't look great that they're the only ones, right? Yeah. Like, if Nintendo can can get on board yeah, and PlayStation can't, like... Well, I, I think that was a lot of people's arguments when the whole, oh, we have to look after the children, like, won't somebody <laughs> think of the children? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nintendo, the most kid-friendly... Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, oh, what game was... I think it's the majority of their first-party games, on Mario Kart, Splatoon and stuff, you couldn't send messages to other people. There was, like, stock... Yeah. Uh, stock things you could send to them by pressing a button that was like good job guy yeah, and whatever yeah. it is like so you couldn't go you're a fucking cunt blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so like why why this is I don't know I just find it I find it a weird play from it's, and Sony it's like, yeah. like saying yeah exposing children to people that like adults can play Minecraft on the Playstation already presumably yes. like, yeah exactly so that like I don't really understand the argument that he went with there so I can kind of get Phil being like, what? Wait, what's, he like what's he talking about? Yeah. Mm. Because then the Rocket League, uh, I think it was the, the vice president of Cyanix, who was the developer of Rocket League, basically told their community about, about crossplay and that like, if you want crossplay on the PlayStation 4, yeah. just let your voice be heard because it's as simple as like flipping a switch, basically. Oh, really? It doesn't take that much effort right. to make the game crossplay. So like I, I I don't know I just I find it it's just really I mean it's awful press for him yeah for, it's not for great. Sony so I don't understand yeah. why they wouldn't kind of play ball just for yeah. public perception they didn't yeah. have a, a great year this year E three no I don't think no it, it didn't help that all their games practically bar one or two are, are coming out next year yeah Do you know what I mean they've, they've got nothing for this year as far as I know apart from Uncharted Uncharted and uh, Horizon DLC. I mean, yeah. is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's most, I think, yeah, I think that's it, right? Uh, but another game that won't be coming out this year, Rich. Yeah, is Beyond Good and Evil Two. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They uh, debuted that with the big CG trailer, didn't they? they and did. very impressed we were too. Very impressed. <laughs> Shock- <laughs> shocked by the content. Yeah, a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're swearing." Yeah. Um, and because apparently it was like quite a kid-friendly game before. Well, the fir- yeah, the first one I believe was. Yeah. Uh, like I, I never played it at the time, or even after the fact. So that's why when all the kind of swearing was happening, I was like, <laughs> "Is this?" I mean, it, yeah. it looks like it's beyond good and evil too, but I'm not. In- Totally exactly. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what we saw on the day, Alice, that might indeed be the final product. Yeah. Because... I mean, I would assume not. <laughs> because, well, yeah. <laughs> because Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, the creative director, Michel Ansel, he spoke to The Verge, and he said that the game is at, quote, day zero of development. Mm. Which is, a, is an interesting term to use. Yeah. Like, basically, the technology that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is using is kind of sounds like No Man's Sky, actually. Right. That they're kind of building out this massive universe where you can kind of fly to different yeah. planets, so on and so forth. And that tech took like three years to build. Yeah. So now they're starting to make the game. I don't... I mean, it still sounds like it's too... It's They've shot their ward too early. Again, for yeah. like the second yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Because there was that trailer that... How long ago was it that came out? And they were like, no, it wasn't Beyond Good and Evil. What are you talking about? I like, don't know, how long ago was that? Is that three, three years? Probably, three years? yeah, probably. And they've, they've 
teased it, concept art yeah. and all sorts of shit over the years. It like it's clearly been mm-hmm. started over at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. And I just think they might uh, might have again just they'll have announced it too early, and it's not going to come out for fucking ages. It's probably going to get delayed at least once. Like yeah. <laughs> And if you'd have told me it's going to be this massive universe that sounds a bit No Man's Sky, which is in itself slightly worrying, mm. I'd have been like, really? That's where they're going with it? That seems like an odd choice. Like, from my understanding of the the kind of behind-closed-doors meeting that the Verge, and I believe a couple of other places had it as well, was that, yeah, there's this massive universe, you can fly to different yeah. planets, there's like... Yeah, there's a proper kind of a day-and-night cycle, and right. it's just, it sounds... Very ambitious, and I wonder, is it a little bit too ambitious? Yeah. Right? We're going back to what we were talking about the other week, right? The, the open world's being too big. Yeah. Do you think this could, this could maybe suffer from that kind of syndrome again? I think so, because, like, what... Af- after the Ubisoft uh, briefing, when this was debuted, the trailer, yeah. everyone was talking about the possibilities of, like, the story mm-hmm. and where, where this kind of... Where the universe could be taken yeah. within, I, I believe, kind of a, a linear product, yeah. basically. Well, it's a prequel, right? Yeah, and oh, it's, yeah. A, it's a prequel that's set, like, hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. before. It's, it's almost unrelated, <laughs> basically. Like. It kind of feels like they're working with the kind of, like, the fans of Beyond Good and Evil are adults now. Mm, right, yeah. like that's what they're making again. They're making it that they perceive to be for adults who were fans. That makes sense. Um, so it's, I guess, an entirely different beast. And I, get, you do expect different things now than you did, you know, when yeah. you were a kid, right? But I would have waited until I had something else to show rather than a CG trailer. That trailer was great, but it's for a game that could be out in like 2020, for yeah. all we know. Like I, I said it at the time that I was looking forward to seeing seeing it again and again yeah. and again over the next couple of years at yeah. Ubisoft's briefings because it like yeah what we saw was a proof of concept mm-hmm. basically and I wonder would they have been better off just to I don't know finish on Skull and Bones or whatever yeah but we'll hear about we'll hear more about that yeah I should say later yeah uh, because another thing that was announced during uh, Bethesda's E3 briefing was the Creation Club. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time when we were, uh, we were upstairs and we were kind of watching and it was like, what, what is this? Yeah, yeah I did. It yeah. was no so idea. vague. I know, right? That like, it was, well, we're bringing more content to Fallout and Skyrim and it'll be great and yeah. head here to do it. And it was like, hold on, what? Exactly, and you, and you pay for it with these credits and it's like, well, how do you get the credits? What, uh, what it, is it? Like, basically... Yeah, it's the paid mods that the- they tried to do <laughs> two years ago, and there was fucking uproar about it. However, the thing is that uh, Bethesda VP of Marketing Pete Hines spoke to Gamespot about this, and he called them "quote mini DLCs" in some way. He said that it's effectively uh, Bethesda bringing in external developers or people who are known for making mods, but bringing them in as rather than mods, bringing them in as game developers. And he said that everything that's released on the Creation Club must meet a certain criteria. Right. Whatever that is. Like, I just... How how can this... I don't know, how can this stand uh, or withstand any criticism that, like, say, the paid mods got? I don't know, man. I, don't, I mean, it is... 
nice, like the idea of acknowledging uh, modders is nice because, like, some of the mods for like Skyrim, yeah, and the stuff are amazing. Like these full like thirty hour expansions that people have done. They built like islands. There's an entire like underground city with like a time travel mystery plot mm. that people have made for for Bethesda games, and. The idea of like actually saying to them, "Oh, like come aboard, like be developers with us," is kind of cool. But whether that in practice will be actually Bethesda saying, "Yeah, you're a developer with us now," or <laughs> them giving them like a sticker that's like a vault boy with like a thumbs up developer, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> rather than any actual acknowledgement, like that's less cool. Well, like, that's it as well. There's such a wealth of mods already there. What would compel you to go and then pay for some? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we, what's Skyrim? Six years old. Yeah. Follow for two years, was it? Two years, yeah. yeah, that's right. So like, but yeah, you do kind of question what what is going to what is going to be in this creation club? Yeah. That is going to be far greater. Yeah. Because yeah, so they like they will cost money, but uh, Heinz said it's not meant to be high price point stuff. It's supposed to be small things you can add to your game. So like. Yeah, but we what, still what? have that. Like already, the hairstyles, different yeah, coloured yeah. eyes, a mod that makes barmaids have big tits. And oh, follow yeah, you around. I remember <laughs> yeah. we were playing that. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. We had to turn it off because that, like, wait, there are like I think they're called wench. It was like the wench mod, and oh, you wow. turn up in like dungeons, and there was a fucking hardcore chick that kicked the shit out of you. Really? Yeah, it was too hard. Very <laughs> busty and cross. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like, it was quite. I mean, yeah, it was a little weird. bit unsettling, yeah. really. Uh, but yeah, as as we said, um, it was E3 this past week, and it was an E3 where the general public were allowed through the doors. And the ESA, who are effectively the organisers of the event, confirmed that this year, it fucking, it destroyed last year, Rich. Really? How, how many people were there? It destroyed last year. Last year was 50,000. This year, 68,400 people. I know. <laughs> no, 15,000 of those people yeah. were punters. Okay. Because they bought the tickets. So I suppose, like, it is an increase. Yeah. But, like, in terms of, I suppose, yeah, there's a little bit of a bump in terms of press. And each one of those 15,000 people got to queue for several hours to play one game, if they were lucky. Yes. Right? Yeah, they did. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, they, the ESA also said that they'll be taking feedback from members of the general public and press and publishers and whatnot about whether they will hold the event in, oh, what's it called, Alice? The LA Convention Centre, is yeah. it? Uh, whether they'll hold it there next year. Okay. So, like, Alice, you were there. Mm-hmm. Now... This was your first E3, so yes. it wasn't... I suppose you couldn't compare it to previous years. I to, could not, no. To notice, like, a massive kind of difference. But was it? Was it? Was there an uncomfortable amount of people there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, right. the, <laughs> but, like, in a way that, it, to me, it didn't seem different to a regular convention. Like, I, I went to London Comic Con. I went to, like, San Diego Comic Con. Um, and it felt very much like that. Like, people should... Like, when I went to Comic Con... I paid to not see anything at Comic-Con, essentially. Like, it was there. I was there for, like, it was a really nice atmosphere. People were all dressed up and stuff, and it was still really fun. So I hope that the people at E3 st- had a positive experience yeah. still. I do think that this one was probably a kind of teething problems one where it did, it made it difficult for, uh, in some ways made it difficult for press to kind of get where they need to go and, and see games 
mm-hmm. in a kind of professional, like I am covering this way. And yeah. also I think probably made it difficult for fans that were there to like see stuff and enjoy stuff. Well, that's, um, that's the thing. When, when you're there and there's only the 50,000, you're still having to squeeze through crowds of people to get to pl- from place to place. Mm. I don't think they anticipated... I mean, they must have anticipated the numbers, but not like the impact of the numbers. Like the mm. Nintendo booth was like a nature documentary of like penguins <laughs> just like, shuffling around. <laughs> like it, what? Just it, just people just walk like shuffling really slowly, not able to take proper steps, and just kind of moving in circles. <laughs> and they did like Nintendo the next day had to change it, and they had, you had to queue to get in their booth, and then you had to there were like they put curtains up to this is where the queue for Splatoon Two is and stuff. So they, I think. It was definitely like a transitional show, yeah. And one would hope that they did it slightly differently next year, because, like I say, I think like it was difficult in that you know we had appointments to see stuff, um, so it's difficult for us to kind of get around. Um, mm-hmm. Did like different booths were set up in different ways and stuff, but also I think for people that were there who'd paid to be there to like have a great time, there wasn't a lot because it was so busy. There wasn't much access to play the games for them as well so yeah it was still really fun though and i think like i i am not yet jaded (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like i i it was really fun there was actually a really nice atmosphere um you know people were really hyped and super stoked to see all the games and stuff um and it yeah i really enjoyed it and it would, you know, it would be great to go next year as well. And yeah, hopefully they will do a setup that makes it more beneficial for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely busy, definitely very busy. But it, like, if I was just average Joe Blogs who'd handed over, I don't know how much, how much were tickets? Were they two hundred dollars? I think two hundred dollars. If I'd handed over two hundred dollars, yeah, for a couple of days mm-hmm. and like played two or three games because I was queuing for hours and hours, yeah. To me, that's not money well spent. No. Yeah, I think it's one like it's like to again use Comic Con as a comparison. It's sort of like you're either you can either see one thing while you're there, you can either like see Paul right. H, or you can see the the show floor. So I think if they want to make it more kind of consumer friendly, they'll have to have like because when I went to Comic Con, I didn't see anything. I saw fuck all. I didn't get into any of the panels. I didn't get into any of the like preview stuff. But the atmosphere was really nice, and there was other stuff going on as well. There was stuff going on in the city. There was stuff going on outside the convention center. So if they want to make it more consumer friendly, then I think they need to have more other stuff mm. for you to do rather than just shuffle around the the hall. Mm. Um, but still, like it seemed, like, you know, really positive experience. Everyone's having a good time. I think <laughs> the people that I saw anyway. Um, but yeah, like. Just slight, I think a bit disorganized and a bit. No, I I think that like they weren't anticipating the impact that an extra mm. fifteen thousand people would have necessarily. They kind of do it right at Gamescom. Uh, all the press get the nice, cool, quiet <laughs> business center, and they, <laughs> right, and, right. and they get full access to the um, show floors on day one. Then days two and three, all the public pile into the show floors, but you can just chill in the business center. Right. So okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it, it will be a kind of, I suppose, like it's a learning process. Yeah. For yeah. them to kind of get it right. I think for me as well, like seeing other people there, uh, it did make me appreciate being there 
Like whenever I was tempted to be like, oh, it's really hot. I'm really tired. <laughs> uh, I've got to walk all the way over to Southall. Yeah. Like then I would think, you know, like actually I'm very lucky. Yeah. And and it is fun and it's cool being here and you know, I don't, I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to moan that I have to walk five minutes to see a you know to play a hands on of a game that other people don't get to kind of thing. Alice, that is so sweet. Right? <laughs> that is just beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. But Actually, I think the say very quickly. I think the Bethesda uh, was, was did it really good. Did it really well. Because uh, they had set up like yeah, it? so they had like a back of house kind of like shuffling the press in and like here you go play play Wolfenstein, and then out the front they had it set up like a diner, and you could like and so uh, you could queue to play Wolfenstein, but it was inside like a fake diner, and you could get like a strawberry milkshake and stuff. Okay, so I think that was a cool way of doing it. That was the Bethesda yeah. land because it means like the the press play it but they don't get anything extra whereas if you have queued and you've waited then you get like an extra fun experience and stuff which I think was cool Mm -hmm. it's a good Mm -hmm. way of doing it I want to hear about all the times that you flashed the badge and you said (laughs) get out of my way fucking normie (laughs) bastards I have places to be and things to see because uh, this week, for what we've been playing, it is, it's is—it's—it's all about you, Alice. Mate. You have played all the cool, unreleased games that we have not yeah. played. Well, I played some of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> so we, like, obviously, uh, right now, as I speak, previews and stuff are going up on videogamer.com, our lovely website. Uh, and we're also going to have videos uh, with um, some uh, gameplay of the games I did play. Uh, but there were some games that we just kind of saw presentations of um, without getting hands-on. Yeah. Because they're not ready yet. They still need some time to cook. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about those now. Mm. And then if you, you know, there will be more stuff on the website and more stuff on the YouTube soon as well. Uh, I've given you a list of all the stuff. What, you, where you do you want to start? Well, I'm intrigued by Days Gone. Okay. Because... Like, I said this last week, I think, how when they showed it off first time mm-hmm. at E3 2016, it, I was kind of like, eh, it, lo- it just looks a little bit too Last of Us-y. Now, this year, it still looked Last of us Yeah. But also with, like, a hint of Far Cry, because at the time, I wasn't sure, but I think it was actually proven afterwards. Do you remember the part in the gameplay demo uh, during Sony's thing where... The main character, who I can't remember his name because it's a silly name. Deacon St. John. Deacon St. John. Amazing. <laughs> um, the basis for Queen, where he was kind of crossing a dam or something. And he put a, an explosive on the dam, blew it up, and then a load of zombies or freakers, as they're known in the game, ran in and yeah. kind of killed all the humans. Right. I'm led to believe that that was a choice. Like if, if the player during that demo yeah. wanted to, they could just kill all the humans. Mm-hmm. Which is that? That intrigues me far yeah. more than just the Last of Us Mark Two, basically. Yeah. So I think the most interesting base. So we saw like a kind of, uh, I guess like about a half hour, like 25, 20 minutes, uh, pre like demo basically played by a developer, where they did that same mission, but it was a different time of day. The weather was different, uh, so it played out really differently. Which and I think that the kind of the dynamic systems that involve like the weather and their kind of uh, they have these like um, 
dynamic events, they call them in game, which is basically like, even if you're like, you can just be like having a great time on your motorcycle and then you'll get clotheslined <laughs> off your bike. Okay, like not, not by a zombie. N- no, they'll set up like <laughs> random encounters, like ambushes or traps or like um, animals, like infected animals can ambush Ooh. you. And those will be different depending on the weather, depending on the time of day, depending on the region you're in and kind of what you're up to at the time. Oh. They have like a whole team working on that whole thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it has the, the, and the weather is, there's a whole weather system that like, if you, if you and I, Colin, start playing Days Gone at the same time, we will experience completely different weather and therefore experience different things in the game. So freakers, which are the zombies that aren't zombies. Yes, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. every zombie thing, they, they, they can't just yeah. call them zombies. No, no. Did, it's did, you get, did you get any sense of whether the characters in the world know what zombies are? are or is it the usual, like, what are these things? We don't know. What, <laughs> they did, I mean, what should we call them? The bit yeah. that we saw was kind of later on in the game where it's more established so there wasn't any meta zombie discussion no. right okay um but like because so the freakers prefer uh nighttime and wet weather so in the demo they did on stage because it was raining and because they started off in the night going into sort of dawn there was that big horde that he could use to um like to attack mm-hmm. the humans on his behalf basically we saw it uh, in the snow, a snowstorm that got pre- like a bit heavier as it went on and he got all covered in kind of ice and stuff and the environment was really nice and kind of, it felt really cold and brittle and stuff. Mm. Uh, and because of that, there wasn't a horde, so he just shot everyone <laughs> instead. Oh, okay. Uh, I was thinking I'd be quite happy as a freaker right about now. Really, it's in hot. The, in, the, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, the... The, like there is no two games the same kind yeah, of yeah kind of thing. so the story missions will be the same and they'll like you know it ended with like a big bear that was all like oh, I'm covered in barbed wire yeah oh, well, then. <laughs> yeah it's a quote from the game yeah oh, <laughs> I'm a bear yeah. Yeah, yeah so the story mission will end the same way for everyone but you can get to that end point in different ways is the idea mm. uh, so it is as well a survival game so like there is crafting using a recipe system so you can of course. course there is so you can make molotovs we saw a guy like you know the the group of people that he um snuck past with the with and the he put bear out the bear trap, trap. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he did the same in ours and got the guy stuck in the bear trap uh, and then just waited and then threw a molotov at them all <laughs> wow <laughs> and they went ah um <laughs> So you can craft stuff, you can find bits and pieces. Uh, and he has this, like, survival mode, like survival vision, okay. which is basically, like, detective vision, but, like, with no real logical yeah. explanation for it. It's just that, like, he's well good at surviving. So you can see, like, <laughs> tracks, like, oh, blood man. tracks. I mean, I get, suppo- like, like, fucking Tomb Raider doesn't, and does yeah. it and doesn't explain it. Hitman I has... Suppose. Yeah, it's... Extinct, just, uh, what's it called? I, Instinct. Instinct, I just yeah. kind of feel like in a survival game where the... Because the whole thing is, like, the, the world is coming at you and it's really mm. hard to survive and it's hostile and stuff. And I feel like there's less kind of attention between risk and reward if you're like, should I stop to like look through this camp? But you don't need <laughs> yeah. to. You can just press a button and be so, like, there's a gun. <laughs> so, yeah, does it just highlight weapons? Weapons and, and stuff you can use or traps and stuff. I'm get, There's obviously like a, a, a hard mode or something that turns it, that off, I'd imagine, does it? There might be. But in, I, in, nor, actually, in yeah. re, like playing the game regularly, yeah. you can see, yeah. Yeah, whereas I, I just feel like, you know, if you get if you do run into a clothesline on your bike, well, you should have been driving more carefully. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, after seeing it, were you more or less excited 
about it? Uh, I mean, about the same. I, like, it does... I mean, they've said that stories about very part of it and a big theme is hope and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, just, it just does feel like a weird play for Sony to do this when they're doing The Last of Us 2 and stuff. Like, does it, does it just... part two. So, like, there are things that they're doing in there to keep it fresh. I mm. just don't know if they're enough to... To differentiate, to differentiate it, or to to stop those inevitable comparisons. Yeah, because it is quite. A, it's a cool like dynamic system and stuff. I just part of me is like, well, could you have done something different other than post-apocalyptic zombies that aren't zombies? Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it's they, kind of been done to death, hasn't it? Now, mm. just like superheroes. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, Spider-Man closed out Sony's briefing. Mm-hmm. I think everyone was very excited about it. It looked quite cool. Uh, but the one thing that I remember, I know, I think the two, I think the majority of us when we were watching it, Rich, a bit QT, QT, yeah. it was very QT heavy at the end. Yeah. Uh, so they they played through the same bit essentially, just a little bit longer. Um, I I'm kind of okay with the QT because like with Superman, Superman, superhero films, you kind of want games and films and stuff. Though big moments like that, I think, are pretty cool. And if you were asked to like do that yourself. I think you'd probably fuck it up. But like. yeah, yeah, Dan was arguing like um, I, he'd rather just watch the cutscene, and I disagree. I, I think a QTE's I think some more enjoyable. Right? I think it's some quite, interactivity like, is probably better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think like I don't have a problem with it as long as it's not mm. every All the like time. fifteen minutes yeah. that you know you get a QTE. That's what game is fine. It? Ninja Blade, which was almost entirely QTEs, right? I mean, but even even <laughs> something like God of War was very. QT heavy as well at points like towards I, the end of yeah. boss battles and things. I actually enjoyed those as well though so if it's like that I don't have a problem with it yeah. Scott Wars QTs I remember being pretty cool like did did you see much of a difference between the demo that you saw and what was on stage um, a little bit I mean in t- like in terms of the QTA obviously it was exactly the same but there was uh, the combat is is very uh Arkham-esque in that it's it's quite kind of fluid and uh, I, um, the presentation I saw was with the director Brian Attar and he said um, that he Spider-Man is a uh, an acrobatic um, improviser in the way he fights. <laughs> okay. So it was different because they weren't doing exactly the same things. There was like there's cool stuff like you know using a kind of um, proximity mine of web, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> So this guy, like, you just put a thing on the um, on a like a wall. A guy ran past it, and then was like, all covered, oh, okay. in, covered in web. That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, using the environment as well, so like uh, grabbing a girder and spinning it and hitting those people and that kind of stuff. Mm. Using the spider sense in a few different ways to slow down uh, or to dodge and avoid and things. So it does. It like the combat does look really fun and kind of free flowing, and like it looks like the kind of com- combat that makes you feel cool, right? That yeah, makes yeah. you feel like you pulled off something really cool. Um, the other thing was the web swinging. So it is like uh, the webs attached. This <laughs> is a big thing for Brandon Tau. He was he was he was saying like I checked like three times. Like the webs have to attach to buildings. Yeah. They can't just go up in the sky. Also, like, yeah, he didn't want it like the old Spider-Man games where yeah. it's like, they're attaching to clouds. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. So you, okay. you do have to sort of aim where your webbing goes a bit. So it looks like the, the traversal is going to be maybe a little bit more, like you have to be involved in it a bit more, basically. Right. Uh, but there, but it, 
works in a number of different ways. So if you miss time and you slam like into a building, you can wall run along a building a bit and then like jump and stuff. So that as well looks like it could be pretty cool. Um, I am hesitant to say that I think it's going to be amazing because just because it's like it's just very small part we've seen so far I do think it looks like it's gonna be fun but like Mm. you know very small the other thing actually that uh, that we did a news post about as well and um, uh, it was expanded upon but like uh, Miles Morales yeah is in it and he's in it like a bit like quite a bit like he's a character that Peter Parker so you you saw a bit of Peter Parker and Miles. No, 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 no. We didn't see like, but okay, we, right, but I okay. asked about Miles afterwards, basically. Right. Uh, and it's to sort of, uh, first of all, to be like, this is you know, this is a new Spider-Man story. This is a new world that um, Miles exists in as well, and like you know, that's a whole thing going on. Uh, he really likes Miles as a character. He just wanted him to be in it. It's another reason. Oh really? Um, right, just wow. like, I just so wanted is, it to happen, yeah, so I did. Fair it. Enough, yeah, fair and there are going to be other characters, I think, that are sort of Easter eggy for him. But um, again, uh, Brian Inter said, like, and the writer was there at the back as well. Um, but they were talking about how, um, to them, like, the best kind of Spider-Man stories are when Spider-Man's world and Peter's world kind of collide. Ooh, which is why the bad guy you saw, like, Aunt May, no, like Aunt May works. Oh, that's at his, right, yeah. yeah. Ah. Is, um, is it going to be Marissa Tomei and me, or is it going to be <laughs> don't know. Sally Field, or yeah. who is the other one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or the but, other, the other one. <laughs> but so this is like in this one, he is more experienced. He's been being Spider-Man for a, a few years, um, so it I think it has the potential to be very good. And certainly, the combat does look fun. Um, it it kind of just, yeah, like without being too flippant, kind of looks kind of like Arkham, but cheerful <laughs> and colourful. Mm. Mm. What what does Monster Hunter World look like? Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> because all right, so like uh, like when it was shown off during Sony's thing, I was like, right, this is probably Monster Hunter. I've never yeah. played I've never played a Monster Hunter, so like uh, I don't know. It's just never really massively interested me. But this just on just on looks, like it, it looked interesting, oh, didn't it? Lo- mm-hmm. And it looked very shiny, very slick. Yeah, uh, like same again. Was it the the demo that was shown on the stage that you saw? Uh, which was that? I can't remember. I think we had a longer one, a slightly different one. Well, yeah, like, it wasn't overly long. I don't. He goes through a cave. He scrapes some gunk off a wall, puts it in a bottle. Yeah, we kind of had like on top a, of a dinosaur. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a, a yeah. longer version of that. Okay. I think. Uh, and it did like it was funny because I was talking to uh, to Dom who was out there for Rosero for PlayStation. She was. And, uh, <laughs> PlayStation <laughs> trophies, Xbox <laughs> uh, and he w- and obviously like you sit down and you watch and and the guy there's a guy doing a commentary who's like so it's going to be different every time like if you come back and see the presentation again tomorrow it'll be completely different it won't because <laughs> 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 what happened in because uh, I was talking to Dom about it and Dom was like really really loved it uh, and he was like yeah did you, and the, and in our one he was like fighting the, the dinosaur and then the flying one came down and then the other lizard came, the giant lizard came up and I was like yeah and that happened in mine as well <laughs> <laughs> no but it's different <laughs> I mean it would be different in that for example in my one um, he accidentally pulled some smaller mobs yeah which and then he had to lose them which he didn't in uh like Dom's one. Okay. But broad strokes, they obviously want big, cool things to happen every yeah. time, right? Like, did it, I don't know, did it, 
Did it, did it intrigue you in any way? Did it yes, make you? It did, like, because I have hands up not played Monster Hunter before. I yeah, it's never any really any interested me. Have, have yeah, I don't, I don't believe I've ever played Monster Hunter. But this, like, I appreciated that they this world feels kind of alive. So, like, you know, walking across some, some flats, kind of swampy flats, and then um, uh, a giant lizard turned up and swallowed one of the lizard cow type things. <laughs> <laughs> and then like went off looking all fat because it had had a thing in its stomach. Right. Uh, so he followed it, and it then vo- like it then like threw up mm. uh, the food to feed its little babies. Oh really? And stuff like that. So things like and having then there are bugs flying everywhere and and, and proper proper kind of ecosystem. Yeah, right? that yeah. kind of okay. thing. So oh, that right. that was really cool, um, and the spectacle of it was pretty cool. Um, so I am definitely interested in it. And this is like a big console release for Monster Hunter. It's called Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, like, I hope it will be good because it did look interesting and intriguing. And it'll be Mm. interesting to see what proper Monster Hunter... I mean, Dom loved it. And Dom calls Monster Hunter Mon Hun. Mon Hun. Well, he's he's seriously (laughs) fucking immersed in that then if he calls it Mon Hun. What a shame he's left the office. I'd have have called him out for that. Mon Uh, Hun. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Well, kind of going back to zombies again, I believe they're just called zombies in State of Decay 2. I don't think they have a funny name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What did you you see of State of Decay 2? Uh, I got his presentation. It was uh, a starting... um, Starting off at like a base area, and there are a lot of actually in this. It, like, if you're into it, I think you'll be into it. Mm. If that makes sense, there's a lot of interlinking mechanics and stuff. Uh, and what's really interesting is that they've got a the system for generating um, your I want to say settlers, but not survivors. Yeah, uh, is it's got way more variables than it has before, uh, and it's added stuff like and it's uh, kind of procedural, but not completely random. So someone can have asthma which means that they'll be bad at like sprinting and cardio and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and someone can snore, and that means that like uh, all um, people won't get as much sleep. Fuck off! Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's pretty deep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, like, I was like, can, you, can it just generate someone who's an asshole, who's just a total detriment <laughs> yeah. to your community? And he was like, yeah. And That's, then That sounds really interesting. Yeah, and you can decide to kick them out, but then other people will kind of get upset that you've kicked someone out because like like, I I never got around to playing the first State of Decay I know you're a massive well massive a bit strong you're a fan of it I'm a fan of it I I, uh, reviewed it on Xbox One and enjoyed it immensely it's very good like but I think a common criticism was that there was a lot of systems there that could have been that that were just like within the first State of Decay it was just I don't know there was was there frame rate issues and there was yeah. just I suppose the fact that it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't on um, multiplayer was it the first one I it don't just think single. it was no and uh, yeah Whereas it this one is this is this so this co-op. one you yeah. can yeah there's uh, you can't co-op in the sense that you can't build a community with someone mm. like a shared one but you can go into other mm. people's yeah what games and help them there's a system where like if you need help you can send up a flare and then it will just pull someone through who said i want to help anyone that's that cool. sends up a flare kind of thing no but the first one wasn't the most technically accomplished game no it it yeah. had issues this one sure. looks it looks better yeah um it i think they've drilled in and sort of made all of those systems make more sense okay so uh 
for example, the demo I saw, there was someone who had, uh, she was a gardener, so they could build like a garden, like a, a vegetable garden, basically, mm-hmm. to improve their food, the quantity of food that they had. But to do that, you needed some seeds. So went down into town and went to a uh, hardware store and found seeds. Like the stuff you find makes sense for where it is, if yeah. that makes sense. So, so yeah, it's not like Bioshock where you're finding a potato <laughs> in a toilet. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, and then okay. you can make uh, some buildings, you can make sort of outer kind of safe strongholds and the buffs you get will make sense depending on what they are. So they took over a police station in town and then they got regular ammo supplies. Ah. That kind of thing. And then when they started building their garden, that put their noise level up, which attracted the zombies. Oh, wow. Fuck it, that sounds seriously deep. Yeah. There's a lot to and take then, into account. Yeah, right? When they'd finished building, that then the noise level dropped, so it was safe again. But your noise level will go up as you start putting in like generators for electricity and stuff. That will attract potentially unsafe levels of noise and zombies and stuff. Um uh, and as we're watching, actually, like his, uh, and this I know didn't happen in everyone's, uh, but his, he was playing as uh, a Matt who was like good at combat and he was like the leader of the community and Matt died. <laughs> and then that oh. bummed everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was the snorer so they could sleep better. So, eh. <laughs> Silver lining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt's dead, but we can sleep now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alice, tell me about something completely different in Ashen. Which was the kind of oh, yeah, yeah. the very minimalist looking game where it was like the, the faceless characters that mm. we saw during Xbox mm. media brief <laughs> looked dark soulsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ashen is another. So like State of Decay, Ashen is another kind of Microsoft exclusive. It's uh, through their uh, indie idea Xbox or id Xbox. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's idea. Idea, right? yeah, I think so. Um, and it's a small. They're a uh, New Zealand uh, studio called Aurora Forty Four. Uh, it's quite a small team. A lot of them are ex-Weta Digital as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. So mm. it's very much, it's inspired by kind of the world, the, the the kind of look of the world is inspired by a lot of the landscapes in New Zealand and by some of their kind of, um, the, the kind of history of New Zealand, the mythological kind of um, right. history of New Zealand. Uh, and in Ashen, you are, so it feels quite journey-y mm-hmm. in that, yeah, you are. Your characters are faceless. They, they just wear kind of quite blank masks. And it has a matchmaking system that will just very naturally, like, you'll just be running along and there'll, there'll be a person, like another player. Okay. Will have turned up. And if you don't want to play with anyone else right now, you can just run away. And then you'll... <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. That's what I do in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So the idea is that it's very smooth. I mean, if it will be that smooth in practice when but there are big you know servers with people mm. and stuff. You, like when this person appears above their head are you seeing like 420 no scope no like, no, oh, no. Okay. so it, it is journey in that it's another character who is a real human being yeah. but you've no there's no name no yeah. gamer tag no nothing okay uh, and then if you yeah if you decide you don't want to play with them you just run in different directions and get away from them and then it'll desync so like do tell what is the actual game what 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 is the so it's kind of an exploration sort of I mean there is fighting you fight enemy it's so the world of Ashen there is no sun uh, there's just a big rock that is spewing out ash and the source of light is the ash right right so the further away you get from the rock the darker it is 
And if you go into a cave, then it's dark because the ash isn't reaching there. Um, you can see kind of, you can run into shadows of um, people that have lived there before and you can sort of see their actions and, and what's happened to them and maybe how they died and stuff in the past. Um, and there are like these big kind of events. So when there are, mo- there are bosses, basically. Uh, and when you kill them, you will get an item that is important somehow. So, like, a quest item, basically. Right, yeah. Um, so they killed, like, a, a boss that was, like, kind of living shadow, kind of creepy, horrible thing. A lot of it's about in the interaction of light and dark. Um, and then the the uh, that boss dropped some baby teeth. And then you took those teeth to a crying woman who was sitting above a lake. And then it was really like... Wondering, where's the <laughs> fucking baby's teeth? Jeez. Oh, thanks. Wow. And then just a giant, like a fucking huge woman just came out of the lake. Like so huge that her face was the only thing that you could kind of see. Right. And wow. she just looked at you and then kind of went off again. <laughs> like, That's weird. So Sounds like, quite is, it, quite is it creepy? Or, or is it, is no, it more whimsical? It's, more, it's not whimsical either. It's just kind of ethereal and a bit strange, I guess. Dreamlike. Yeah, and I think it will really appeal okay. to... It won't appeal to everyone, but the people that, that like it will really fucking like it. Hmm. It's one of those kinds of things. Would it hella appeal to people? <laughs> oh, no, is this yeah. A, this is another segue. This is a segue. I like it. Into Life is Strange Before the Storm. Because there was a time before yeah. the storm. When Chloe didn't have blue hair, yeah. she had lovely, natural, mousy brown hair. I yeah, don't know why I she know. didn't keep it that way, Rich. <laughs> Naughty girl. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> don't make it started, Alice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the prequel from Deck Nine Games. Yeah, Deck Nine. So it's three parts. The first uh, episode is out at the end of August, 31st of August this year. Um, and no. it's using Deck Nine's proprietary engine uh, as well, which is no Ashley Birch though. No, yes, so the voice, a bit the of voice a kick actor, in the teeth. Ashley, they have to be fair, right? They have got yeah. Ashley Birch consulted on it, and the actress they've got in to, well, the actor they've got in to do Chloe's voice does sound a lot like. Yeah, she does a decent Ashley Birch impression. A decent Ashley Birch doing okay. Chloe. Yeah, right. <laughs> it seems odd that she was brought in as consultant, but couldn't. It was it was to do with the strikes. Yeah, yeah. the sag after of it. So she was doing she wasn't striking from doing other work. I guess. Oh, okay, all right. Just from the uh, yeah. that yeah. makes sense then. So like how, like the demo that you saw, how did it work? They yep. played through a bit of the first chapter. It did like it. Uh, they skipped through. They skipped on. It was obviously like built for a demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did like there were lots of choices shouted out. We could shout out for choices. So there are choices in it like steal the money or leave the money alone. And I was like steal the money. Everyone show uh, you steal the money. Steal it. Uh, or like apologize or give him the finger kind of thing. Give like, him the finger. <laughs> um so it, it I mean it it's a difficult one, right? Because the thing that I liked most about Life is Strange was the time traveling mechanic. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the story with the teenagers. I thought they were really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I thought I like I enjoyed the story up to a point around episode three, where they I, I don't know it just kind of mm. they went back in themselves and they kind of w- fell into plot holes and it just yeah. got a bit muddled. I mean, but yeah, the the time travel. The time travel mechanic allows you to make a decision in game. Yeah. Go, uh, I'm not sure. Rewind and yeah. Yeah. F- basically try out options, which choice based games like yeah. Telltale or whatever don't allow you to do. That. I think it was really smart because there are there are certain people like me 
who will make a choice and then if they don't like the choice will reload yeah, and reload do it again. Yeah. Uh, and then that made it made the choices where you didn't have that power seem much more consequential. Yes. Uh, in Life is Strange Before the Storm, there are no powers of any kind. So what's the fucking point of us? I mean, they've said that they're concentrating on what they think fans liked about Life is Strange, which is the story, you know, real people dealing with real life emotional situations, etc. That's not what I liked about Life is Strange. If you did like Chloe and Chloe's story, then they're probably, you know... But it's just it's just kind of a a telltale game, but with teenage girls. Like what? What kind of impression? From what I've seen, yeah. What like from what you've seen, what kind of impression did you get of the story? Like, did it? I don't know. Did it seem compelling in any way? Well, I mean, it's it's the story of Chloe Price's friendship with Rachel Amber. Yeah. Uh, So when it starts, her dad has died in the car crash. and she is, you know, she's upset and she's dealing and she becomes friends with Rachel. Uh, and it's the story of their relationship before Rachel goes missing, uh, which by the time in life is strange. When you arrive, Rachel's already gone missing and Chloe is the kind of blue haired asshole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you hang out with. Um, so this is the story of her becoming that blue haired asshole, essentially. So the bit I saw is which she's sort of her friendship with Rachel is quite new. Um, but there is a bit in it where like... You, you as a player can choose for, uh, like you say, like, I don't want to fuck this up, like I fuck everything else up. And Rachel's like, what is this? And you can choose like a true friendship or like something more than friendship. So, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> which, well, I, I mean, I think a lot of fans will be pleased to see that. How is it different now to a Telltale game? Well, that's the thing. It's, it's I don't know if it will be other than it has these characters. Uh, so, I mean, again, it's it's only three episodes, so it's not massively long. Um, and you know, I mean, if you like, if you want to know that sort, if you really liked Chloe and and that whole dynamic and stuff, you will probably find something. Based on what I saw, you will probably find something to like in Before the Storm. If it was the interesting mechanics and the way the story was told in Life is Strange that interested you. I am not sure how much <laughs> Life is Strange Before the Storm is going to be worth to you. But if you're a fan of necking people... Oh, God. Would... Uh, do you know, if you, get, <laughs> if you get a little bit rough every now and yeah, again yeah. and you draw blood, would vampire... <laughs> <laughs> would vampire interest... I don't, I've, I've, got, I've gotten lost in my own... From the makers of the first series of Life is Strange. That's better. That was a much better segue! <laughs> That's, that's bad. No, I, li- I like ne- I like the neck thing. <laughs> I knew that I, I knew there was a reason I put vampire yeah. after Life is Strange, but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> I prefer oh yours. Um, this this seems cool. <laughs> I like I like the look of this. Why yeah. you can yourself? <laughs> we were talking um, about it in the office, weren't we? And it sounded yeah. really really cool. Yeah, I think this is I I am very interested in this one. I think it looks really cool. Like. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a pre- there, like there is a written preview up right now from what I saw. Um, it was again a half an hour um, gameplay thing, so kind of a longer one than the uh, ten minute YouTube one that's up mm-hmm. uh, right now. Um, so in vamp like vamp vampire or vampire, how did they <laughs> pronounce it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's vampire. Um, okay. 
We'll go with vampire then. Yeah, okay. vampire. In in vampire, uh, you, it's going to get compared to the masquerade games because that's the last vampire games anyone can re- remember, right? Mm. I don't remember those. No, <laughs> uh, Activision games, early two thousands. They're really good, like broken, but really good. Okay. Um, and it's not like that. So like I like it's not sexy. It's not kind of seductive and stuff. It's kind of grimy and a bit dark. It's, it's still very, I think, elegantly designed mm-hmm. when you look at it. But, but it's not attractive people. No, it's, it's not it's fucking not... hot Twilight vampires with yeah, crystal yeah, abs. Yeah, yeah. Like it's <laughs> uh, so you you play a doctor uh, who has only recently. Uh, become a vampire and it's something that he struggles with so the whole thing is like imagine it's tough yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cursed to be the choice because it's a it's 1918 in London it's just after the first world war or the war as they called it <laughs> 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 it's just the war then yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and London is being that like uh, it's the time of the Spanish flu which was a, a pandemic around them and London is very fluy Mm. Uh, and you as a doctor, you're like, I I presume this means the flu has a supernatural origin uh, because otherwise, what would the point be of you being involved with it? <laughs> but you're like, um, you, Dr. Jonathan Reed, are like, I must stop this flu and save the people of London, but also I have to eat them sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's made. It is the cross I have to bear. Yeah. Well, that's where it's made into kind of much more of a, an actual moral choice because they're basically imposing the morals of a doctor on you. Because, uh, like, in Vampire the Masquerade and stuff, you're like, being a vampire is fucking great. <laughs> mm. I'm going to fucking eat whoever I want. Like, in this. The mate, the the most efficient way to level up is to drink someone's blood and kill them, which, as a way of gamifying being a vampire, is really natural and logical. And it's surprising now that they've mentioned it that it hasn't been done before. It's yeah, uh, yeah just uh, as you say, it just seems like the most logical way to do it. Yeah. So obviously, you go around killing everyone. Yes, quite no. Um, so what the most fascinating aspect of it to me, which is only sort of tangentially related to being a vampire is that you get more XP from people with better blood and the people that have the nice, the purest blood are the nice people that do good things. Shitty people have shitty blood. Right? Okay. So, and again, ordinarily, like if like, who gives a fuck, right? It, it, like in, in games of moral choice systems, it's usually like, I'm just very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, you actually have like more like, proper consequences to kind of think about because like just because an old lady's like I'm a nice old lady I don't give a fuck I'll kill the nice old lady mm-hmm. in this you can kill like the nice old lady but then it will turn out that like she was making medicine for uh, some homeless people and now they've all got the flu and they've spread the Spanish flu further and they've made everyone in that district have shitty shittier blood and they've made everything a bit worse um, so every, like yeah. a- anyone you try and suck blood from like in that district, they're all fucked now, basically. C- yeah, kind of a bit. Like they're not as good as they would be otherwise. Yeah. And they, like, I think that's such a cool mechanic. Yeah. Everyone in e- that, so it's a semi-open world. So you travel to different districts of London, basically. Right. Uh, so the one we saw was the Docks District, and everyone in like the NPCs in the Docks District all know each other. All the citizens of London have a name. They have a story. They have relationships with other citizens in London. So when you kill anyone, 
it will have an effect on the other people they know in that nice. district. So, for example, killing that nice old lady, uh, her house will get looted, the urchin she was looking after will die, probably. Uh, and her... Mm. Yeah, and she... In this game also, like, the, the one we saw, her son was a murderer. Just like a kind of violent murderer. Uh, and you can find this out. But then you're like, oh, he's got shit blood. So you could kill him and it would make the district nicer because then he's not murdering people in it. But you would have to kill more people to level up enough to, like, take on a mini-boss kind of thing. So ah. just, just kill all the shitty people then, surely. Just more, yeah, like kill think, more like, shitty people. Well, yeah, it's the idea yeah. of, uh, like, to get to your goal, you'll do it quicker by killing the nicer people. Yeah. Right. Um, so cool. Mm. Really and you like can you can kill, like, everyone in a district, and then the district would just become shit and horrible. And then there are, also, there are pillars, pillars of the community who are key members of each community. So the one we saw was a priest called Sean something. He's an angry Catholic who... Uh, Father was, Sean, I know yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was Irish does well. a good sermon he yeah. does yeah. and he he had become a vampire but there's this thing that like if you get the vampire if you get the vampire if you get the flu and become a vampire uh, the f- Spanish flu kind of mutates the vampirism and makes them more animalistic and fucked up so Father Sean runs um uh, like a night asylum and like looks after the poor in the district but he's also been travelling to your district and killing people in the hospital and then eating their flesh oh, so you're like if out. I kill Sean the docks district is going to be worse but Sean is a bastard so wait when you bite them do they turn themselves or do they just die no you just kill them they just That's die the okay hmm. and then you have to go to like a safe house and absorb their blood and then use right. it to kind of buy more powers essentially okay um so it's it's a really fascinating interacting system, and but you can also you can theoretically play the game without killing anyone. Just I mean, become a mega badass, right? You can do that, but that kind of negates the point. But I mean, right. the game has several endings, and the developer said like you get the ending you deserve. Ah. Uh, so you can yeah, like I say, you could kill everyone in the district, but then the district would just be a wasteland full of right. like horrible mutants and supernatural monsters and things. But then you, I can kill them and suck their blood. I, well, no, I mean, <laughs> it's not work like that. Finding out a lot about rich, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can theoretically kill no one in it as well, right. but it will be harder. And how you the will, fuck did yeah. How do you level up in that case? So you get some XP from combat, and right. the combat is um, you do a mix of like ranged and melee, and then horrible kind of vampire blood controly powers and stuff as well. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so you can get com- uh, XP from that, but like a, a much smaller amount. So you could just go around fighting everyone. Uh, or you can say other part of the system, system, like everyone has relationships and sort of secrets and stuff, and you get a little bit of XP for uncovering secrets and mapping all these relationships. So you can do that as well. Hmm. That does sound cool. It yeah. does. Yeah. It really does sound There's cool. There's a little really cool stuff in it, like you can't enter someone's house unless you're invited because you're oh, a vampire. Wow. Oh, that old chestnut. So would, is there like a conversation wheel where you have to try and get them to invite you yeah. in? Yeah. May I oh, come in? Oh, man, this sounds really yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Obviously, the idea would be to not let a district get all dirty and grimy and yeah. rats scurrying around. I suppose you've got to pick the good people you kill. But no, hang Make on. Make sure they won't no, have a knock-on effect. No, no, no. It's focus <laughs> on me saying the oh, yeah, rats, yeah, rats scurrying rats, around, yeah, yeah. right? Because right. Right. there are rats... In a game called A Plague Tale Innocence, you see, ah, which that's right. what okay. I was trying to do. I like do. it. It's good. It's, yeah. good. Yeah. it's better when you explain it as well. Always. 
<laughs> Alice, rats, a plague tale of innocence. Yes. Is that the name? So, I mean, Vampire is out in November this year. Mm-hmm. It's nice. been published. It's developed uh, by Don't Nod. As you said, it's published by Focus Home. Now, Focus Home is also publishing uh, Plague Tale, which is developed by, I believe they're French as well, like Don't Nod, uh, called Asobo Studios. Oh, and yeah. uh, They're a racing game studio, aren't they? Traditionally. Possibly. Asobo, I think. Uh, and they, they've built a their own uh, engine for, the guy was like, it's not in Frostbite, lol. Um, <laughs> 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 nice. For a Playtale, uh, which is, I mean, saw a little bit of it last year, and this was a very short, um, this was traditionally, you know how like people were like, this is a vertical slice of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It was kind of that. It was just a little thing they'd built specifically to show off the gameplay and the mechanics and how the game looks. It looks really nice. Like, Can, can you, because I'm trying to, I don't know if I can remember it. Um, it kind of, Fell under the radar a little bit, along with like Focus's other stuff. Yeah, it's set in France, like medieval France, and again, uh, disease, plague, good, good, uh, and the Spanish Inquisition. Are, uh, so, so with the Spanish flu, the Spanish Inquisition, yeah, those Catholics, I know, up to no good. Um, and you play as a brother and sister who are, I think, thirteen and. Eight, but maybe a little bit younger. Oh wow! Maybe a little bit younger than that. And they, uh, it's the basically the plague manifests as these huge swarms of rats, uh, but you can keep them at bay with light. Uh, however, if you have a lantern, you will be more obvious to the human enemies, the, the Spanish Inquisition. Mm-hmm. So you what have to, to balance, do? yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and it's. Very nice. It like it looks nice, but in that horrible way. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the rats are all like they squirm and fall over each other, and these okay. huge swarms. And that wherever they they have been, they leave um, kind of big clumps of like um, black goo that's got mm. kind of bones in it. And it uh, it's uh, the what we saw was the interior of a church that was full of this stuff, and it looked like a really horrible ossuary. You know, there's those. Um, churches where bones are stored Mm -hmm. and there's one that's made out of bones and like the chandelier is bones it looked like one of those but really horrible but in a really kind of elegant way right Um, and it's they emphasize that like the children in it are actually they're quite defenseless really they're very weak it's not a combat game it's a kind of solving puzzles and avoiding being eaten by rats game Uh, so the girl has a sling so she can knock fire down and things uh, and the boy uh is small, fit into small spaces. And right, like that. okay. So, like I said, very short demo, but looks very nice and again will appeal a lot. I think the people that do like it will really like it. And it does look really like horrible, but really nice at the same time. And like it's all stuff like, like you can, they came across two guards uh, who were surrounded by rats, but the rats wouldn't come close to them because of their lights. So she used her sling to break their lanterns and then they got eaten alive by rats. Mm. Like, nice. It's that kind of horrible. And they, the story they haven't really talked about, but they've said like the, the siblings will play like a much larger part than even they could imagine. Uh, so it's like it's quite a small game. It's, uh, it doesn't have a release date yet and it's, very, it's, it's not combat. It's very like kind of low-key, kind of creepy horrible but interesting so not many guns no <laughs> not much war so no. I, I thought you're gonna go from rats to fish so on the animal tip cod oh, <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> 
equal parts brilliant and shit. I'm actually <laughs> in pain. I'm actually in pain. Um, <laughs> you saw a bit of Call of Duty World War Two. Uh, yes. Like, I mean, does it? I don't. I don't know. I don't. What? I don't. I'm not entirely sure what to ask you about Call of Duty World War Two. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you really. Like it, the we saw a presentation. It's quite short. Um, there was no developers, so I couldn't ask questions. Nothing um, playable. Well, I mean, oh. there was playable, but I didn't get into it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it w- it wasn't like anyone's fault. It was just they, right. were, they were running massively behind mm-hmm. and then the, yeah. the show closed, essentially. Mm. Um, it, I mean, they've got stuff that looks like it will be really fun, like um, multiplayer with actual objectives and a kind of almost a story to it. So, oh, like, right. you, your job is to do this. You have to push on here and then cover these towns, like, do this bridge uh, use the church and whatever like so to make it I guess feel like an actual battle where you're pushing to gain like an actual thing basically mm-hmm. like, rather than just like kill more of the enemy than the other or like <laughs> c- capture the flag um, so that could be really interesting uh, depending on how they do it and how varied it is I think that's a nice way to shake up your uh, your war combat your war multiplayer yes Uh the they show the gameplay they showed was um part of the single player campaign um and it was sort of it felt quite set pc almost uh, so it was charging a town and then um uh going up a church tower and kind of sniping from the roof and then the church tower fell down and he had to press x to not get hit by the bell and that kind of thing okay um and it did look really nice. There were lots of nice details, like uh, when you're using your rifle and you ejected it, the shell, it kind of went ching! Like, it made that little kind of ting noise. Nice. Uh, it felt very, like, Band of Brothers-y, almost. That's the, that's the kind of imp- the impression I got f- yeah. from when they revealed it as well, that they're going for that kind of feeling. Yeah, I got yeah. that impression too, yeah. yeah. Def- yeah. Definitely, like, it, you know, like, that kind of whole storming of Carantan and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, it f- felt like that's what they're going for. Um, do, and do, do, like, in the short bit that you saw, do do they get it? I think so. I think... I mean, I... I, like, I, I know, it's it, a you know, like, It's yeah. going to be... It's it's get, probably going to be a very good World War Two themed shooter. Do, yes. you know, like, do you think those people who've been crying out for the series to kind of go back to its roots are going to be happy? Well, I mean, it is. Like, I mean, it, it, what, it really is? Okay. Yeah, like, I I don't know what, based on what I saw, I don't know what you'd be able to complain about necessarily, unless okay. it's like half an hour long. I'm sure they'll find a way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it does look like, you know, back to place. There, was, there wasn't any hint of, like, again, I, I saw a very little bit, but as long as they don't do the, like, we found a science facility with the Nazi research for a rocket pack. Like, yeah. As long as they don't do that kind of thing. Well, they did say that they're going for authenticity. Yeah, that would be authentic, would it? Including the zombies. Including zombies, yeah. So, but like, I, I don't know. At times, you got to reach out to your fans. you just got to reach out to your fans. Wait, and wait going with this. Really? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the name of the game is. Yeah, you got to reach out to your fans. Yeah. Like, the name of the next game is Outreach, you see. Yeah. Ah, so that's yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's what I did oh, there. That's good. Um, yeah, do tell what's, what is Outreach. Uh, it's an indie game by a studio called Pixel Spill. Uh, it was at the Devolver parking lot. Um, it is... So this is... Uh, it was really interesting. It's PC. Uh, it's out this year, but an unspecified date so far. And it's quite, it's a very short, sort of three hours-ish space game. 
uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And what I liked about it was that it is it's set in space and it is very much like oh an empty spaceship, but it's set during the Cold War and you're a Russian cosmonaut sent up to see why has everyone disappeared. Mm. And like there's no sinister AI. There's nothing like that. It's just a kind of conspiracy theory-esque, interesting, kind of unsettling story. And it's the, the spaceship is designed based on a real space station, hmm. a real Russian space station. From from what and perspective is this? Is it like, do you first, remember a drift? First person, yeah, like a drift, because it's zero G as well. So the controls are float forwards or stop. Right. Um, and there is a really, it's very, it's really horrible work because you have to do basically a spacewalk like around the the space station and back in and you have to launch yourself at a handle and if you miss grabbing it you float off into space and it's really horrible (laughs) so like (laughs) there are uh, you're on the space um like you're there by yourself are you there aren't yeah you've been sent up in like a soyuz or whatever they call it (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you've been sent up to see why the cosmonauts were there have gone quiet essentially and you turn up and it's empty but you can find things floating around like tapes and you can read reports and things that are highly they're orange uh, which means you can interact with them like a kind of you know 60s orange color okay Um, yeah but it's so it doesn't handhold you really at all so you are in contact with um ground control and the end of the game, the developer told me, is is basically making a choice. Uh, and it's not right or wrong. It's who do you believe? Do you believe what ground control is telling you? Yeah. And he said you'll come to different conclusions, but like players will have different experiences based on what they find, what they listen to, hmm. or uh, like maybe you'll go back to a room in the ship and something will have changed, and you might not notice it, but other players will notice what's changed. Uh, and again, very short. It's only I think three hours. He said, really. Um, they wanted to be so. It's uh, there's a American actors doing Russian accents in the English version, but there is a fully Russian Russian voiced version. Okay. And he said, like, if it was me, I'd play it in Russian with subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's really, really interesting. Like, really intriguing. Lots of intriguing games at E3, isn't there? Yeah, very, very much mm. so. Some from where? Where did you say? There's some from France. Some from Russia. And I believe there was one from Italy too. That was a good one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. So Milan, Milan Noir, or Milan Noir, I guess, is uh, complete opposite of Outreach. Really, it's like a twin stick shooter, um, pixel art, kind of a bit side scrolly, uh, and it's based on seventy Italian uh, crime movies from the seventies, which partially inspired Tarantino as well. Brilliant. So it's all kind of brash and like lots of shooting guns and like. Uh, you you go out you basically like the the level I play like it starts right in the middle of the things and you're like this guy and you get off like a little scooter like a Vespa probably <laughs> right and then <laughs> you walk into a bar and you're like where is he and the guy's like in the bathroom and then you like go out the back and that like it just starts in the middle of the character story which is really fun um, and there's a lot of like you can sort of stealth as well uh, the shooting but it is it's just kind of like hard bitten like crime you know drama there's a really cool mechanic in it where you can shoot a stop sign and then it spins around and like tings the bullet at an enemy if they're behind cover <laughs> oh which is really cool it, it sounds i don't know it sounds hotline miami ish yeah, yeah i yeah, think devolver always chasing that hotline miami right yeah 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 um 
but yeah, just really cool, like really over the top, really pulpy, just like really like fun and not taking itself seriously. So, like you get, you're basically you're going out, you're f- trying to find this woman. So you're like busting through like mm. a, a block of flat stuff, uh, and you find uh, another woman. You're like, where is she? And she's like, she's out back through that door. You go through the door, and then the woman you're looking for, like the woman you spoke to, was in the bath. So you go out back to try and find the woman you actually want to find, and then she bursts out of the bath between like the other woman's legs and starts shooting at you, <laughs> oh, and then wow. runs off. <laughs> wow, it's PC only. I take it. Yeah. Damn it. Right, so. <laughs> I am on board. Yeah, but they are, the guy was like, yeah, we're trying to get it for the Nintendo Switch. I was like, yeah, good, good mm. luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, Seems right. in keeping with the rest of their right? uh, titles. Yeah. It does, yeah. yeah. Well, Alice, thank you very much for taking us through all that. No that worries. A, a very thorough roundup of everything you saw at E3. Mm. Well, well every, almost everything. Everything that you saw rather, yeah, than, rather than everything than that you played. But what I played includes like Wolfenstein, um, which was really good. Um, what else did I play? Fucking like all of Ubisoft stuff, so Assassin's Creed, Far Cry 5, um, the pirate one, uh, Mario... <laughs> Skull and Bones. <laughs> Skull and Bones. <laughs> Mario and Rabbids I played. Um, yeah, so a bunch of stuff that we're going to be talking about on the site and on the YouTubes, mm-hmm. so keep an eye out. You were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game that I know Rich is a big fan of called Who (laughs) Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Rich Walker, and you, Alice Bell, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer, clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2009. 2009? 2009. Okay. Clue number two. While I've appeared in a number of games... Actually, hold on. I want to go back to clue number one. Okay. When is it going to be acceptable to say 2009? When is that going to happen? Never. Do you know the way that people... Never. Like 1904 <laughs> or whatever. 2009. It just no, sounds who, wrong. No one says 1906. True. Do you know? So when is that going to happen? Anyway. Or 1906. <laughs> in the year 1906. <laughs> clue number two. While I've appeared in a number of games in my series... I wasn't the first protagonist. Ooh. Okay. Clue number three. I made a guest appearance in a popular fighting game franchise. Clue, oh. Clue number oh, four. Oh, stop. Oh, fuck. Stop. Rich Walker. Ezio de Auditori de Firenze, or whatever his full thing is. Ezio. And this week's winner is Rich Walker. Yes! Get in! It was the fighting game appearance. No. What, what, the, uh, what Soul, fighting game? Soul Calibur 5, Well was it? done, Rich. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, so to go through the clues, clue number one, my first appearance in a video game came in 2009, of course, Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, clue number two, while I've appeared in a number of games in my series, I wasn't the first protagonist, of course, Altair. What was yeah, his full yeah. name? Altair. Altair. Uh, oh, 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 they're competitive. Who's going to get him? Altair. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I can't remember. I know it means... Yeah, but, the flying one son of none <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> we'll give you the points for that one so uh, yeah uh, the f- the fighting game franchise that he appeared in was Soul Calibur 5 uh, clue number 4 was I'm a bit of a ladies man if I and Wikipedia do say so ourselves <laughs> apparently I don't know well I suppose he kind of was yeah. yeah and clue number 5 while I am the star 
star of the show in my games, you actually have to sort of travel back in time to play as me in the strange structure known as the Animus. Yes. Rich Walker, you are correct. It's your auditory <gasps> difference. I thought I was going to lose it there. I nearly lost it last week, didn't I? Can't believe. It was close. Can't believe. Every time I go up against Rich, he wins. Not I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's, no, it's all right. I, I appreciate the competitive spirit in both of you. It's good to see. On Tuesdays, we send a call out on Twitter over on at videogamer.com for your questions. Now, because of Alice's very thorough roundup of everything she saw at E3, we're just going to go through a few of these. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis Dunn says, Now that Mario has a gun, can he team up with Shadow the Hedgehog and swap their favourite My Chemical Romance CDs? I believe that's a quip (laughs) because he does then say, but seriously, I always thought giving Mario a gun was a complete no-no. Kind of sad sight in some respects. It's not really a proper gun though, is it? It's not proper It's not like they've given him a chain gun. No. And it's in a a rabbit's world. I think it's kind of... No one dies. (laughs) Well, no, the, the rabbits the get ra- sent back to the rabbit. They don't die. Though, rabbit do they? Thing that's yeah, but they don't exactly. die. Like Miyamoto's alright with it. So There's no know. blood. There's no headshots. That is, that is true. Did yeah. you see actually the director of the game mm. uh, when he went back to uh, his studio? The lads who didn't go to E3 basically they had a T-shirt printed oh, really? of him crying <laughs> uh, and gave it to him. Oh, that's was so it? nice. Oh, it, was it was it was excellent. Um, Jack. Asks Shag Marry Kill, and I, b- I believe this is mainly for Alice. Maybe Rich, you might be able to shed a bit of light on this too. It says Shag Marry Kill, your hero of Feraldon, sarcastic hawk, and your main inquisitor. Ooh, okay. Um, Shag, uh, Shag, sarcastic hawk. Purple hawk is really funny and will probably be great in attack, but they're not marriage material. Uh, and then <laughs> probably uh, kill Hero of Ferelden because they're going to die anyway and um, marry is the, is the that spoilers? <laughs> well, no, they've got, they, they drank the Darkspawn blood. They're okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, are you... It's difficult for me because I'd shag and marry my Inquisition character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is and is probably, it not implied probably... that if you marry them, you get to shag them? I yeah, mean, yeah probably as well. But I wouldn't want to shag or marry either of my other Dragon Age characters, uh, so I guess I'd have to kill them. I wouldn't want to kill them shame. particularly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Rob Eaton uh, says, Semi-E3 related, my non-gamer girlfriend has become obsessed with A Way Out. Any non-Lego co-op games you guys can recommend? Ooh. Ooh, I mean, there's like, like if you look at the indie games, there's like uh, Guacamole. Yeah, Guacamole's true. true. Um, That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Also, I some games I think are co co op games without like, uh, I mean, Portal Two has got like co-op oh, it has and not, mode, not local right. co op, but like the first Portal game, I think you can play. Yeah. With someone sat on the sofa with but you, being Portal like, no, put great. it there, put it there, like. I, I I think yeah there are games like that like Until Dawn mm. I think Until Dawn is a perfect co-op game true, yeah. that isn't actually a co-op that's game true. you know that's true which they have actually tried to kind of take take that yeah. uh, ideology into what's their new game called again Hidden something uh, Hidden Agenda, Hidden agenda yeah. Yeah. yeah oh and The Inpatient as well they're busy at the moment they are, right? they are very, very busy very busy um, I'd say Overcooked I can't oh, recommend yeah, that that's good great Overcooked is really good fun and it's yeah. better than more people we play with as well yeah absolutely mm. Uh, and Ross McMahon asks 
What did Alice watch on the flight? Many things, right? So mm-hmm. on the way over, I watched Beauty and the Beast, which doesn't need to exist because it does all the same songs as the uh, the animated version. Is she, um, as, is she as annoying as I think she'd be? No, she's it? all right. She's, she's all right. Yeah, okay. she's all right. All right. Is um, she annoying as well, I think I just, she'd be? I just, I don't know. I can't picture her in that role. I haven't seen it, obviously, no, but I just, just imagine she'd be it's annoying. It's a really good tweet that was like, because her song starts like, there goes the baker with his bread, like always. <laughs> and then like the baker being like, well, there goes Belle singing her mean song. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I watched that. I watched Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Creed movie. Did you? Yeah. Is it bad? It's not great. Mm. Uh, but is it is it fine? It's fine. It could be a lot worse. It's obviously, I think, there, there are some weird choices in like the sound design. So oh, really? like yeah like he did you know he does like a big eagle eagle like leap big of faith <laughs> yeah does a big leap of faith and like that for me would be the moment where you'd have it just like kind of very quiet yeah yeah just the eagle sound. but it has like some like weird sort of half 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 of it has a kind of thumping sort of drum techno ish mm. and then and then yeah. halfway down it then goes quiet and I was like this is weird I don't know <laughs> it's strange um, it's fine it's obviously like a bit rushed and a bit confused it could have been way better and they obviously wanted to do more of them. Isn't it true that there's more scenes set in the present day than the past, which is the uh, inverse to the games? To the games, yeah. Yeah, maybe. What a silly Thinking idea. Thinking about it. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. No one likes the present day bits. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, it's fine. What else did I watch? I watched Lego Batman on the way there That's and the br- way... It's brilliant, isn't <laughs> it? I haven't seen it. I watched it on Blu-ray Like on the way there week. and the way back and I fell asleep and woke up at the same point both ah, times. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I was fucking excellent. But what I saw was really funny. Yeah. What else did I watch? I watched Hidden Figures. That was really good. Really, really oh, good. Oh, yeah. About um, the NASA, the moon landing, right? The, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the African-American woman that it, works yeah. in the... the Computing department. Mm. Really good and really interesting. Um, you watched an Oscar winner, didn't you? Oh, I watched La La Land. Mm. Shit. The, the true Oscar winner of Best Picture. I've heard enough about that film. I don't need to see it. I know I I'd hate it. I thought it was, to use the Colin Mahern phrase, I thought it was poor enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's... It's just such a joy from the minute it opens oh, and you everyone so I really enjoyed it. Empty you, and everyone's singing on the motorway and they're all jumping out of well, their cars because I mean, traffic traffic won't <laughs> won't stop them rich. They're too happy well, I, through the power I mean, of song. Just like real life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I yes. mean maybe that is because I just come back from LA and maybe. like most of it kind of Fuck this place. <laughs> like the the like outside where I was staying it's just a stank of hot piss because people would like actual hot piss because people City would like walk. Hot piss. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like there are so many there's such a problem with homelessness and like actually yeah. LA isn't that great and then I was watching on the way back people being like LA is amazing city is done <laughs> so it's like fuck off yeah I just I thought that uh, Hail Caesar like I thought the most interesting thing about La La Land was the framing as kind of this almost a pastiche of old Hollywood musicals mm. and I think Hail Caesar already did that and it did it far better Still need to see that as well. So I'm a massive Coen's fan and I haven't yeah. watched it yet. See, so watch that. Mm. Don't watch La La Land. Oh, I don't intend to. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I also worry. must watch Hail Caesar because I hadn't even heard of it until the other day. What? Yeah, so I must I must watch that. But what I must also do mm-hmm. is end this podcast because no. the listener has gotten an absolute mammoth episode this week. Lucky listeners. Exactly, <laughs> because we love them with our hearts 
and brains <laughs> and appendages. That's too rude, too rude. We've gone very blue. Uh, for VGBGs, you will get an extra bit at the end of this podcast if you can go for another 10, 15 minutes, lads. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you sort yeah. that out. Uh, and you will also be getting an extra podcast on Friday where myself and Alice will be talking about something special. And that's the little tease. Oh. Because it's going to be amazing. Just you wait and see, <laughs> listener, what it will be. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> um, but uh, it's not that I don't know what it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is... Uh, my least favorite part of the show because we must bid the listener adieu uh, so thank you very much for listening of course you can follow Alice on Twitter at BabyGotBell you can follow Rich on Twitter at RichieW81 82 82 you can follow me on Twitter at Conor underscore Hearn of course you can follow VideoGamer on Twitter at VideoGamer.com and Facebook Facebook.com forward slash VideoGamer.com uh, and on YouTube YouTube.com forward slash VideoGamerTV but for all of your video gamer needs just head to VideoGamer.com and especially over the next week or so, because, yeah, you'll see tons of previews from Alice and videos and stuff like that. Uh, so it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a whale of a time. But now it's time for my actual least favorite party show. This is the party show <laughs> where we must bid the listener adieu. So say goodbye, Rich Walker. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Goodbye, everyone. And say goodbye, Colin Mahern Sloan. Go fall. Go fall.